Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're in the executive wing today. We are. Great conversations. <laughs> today we're going to move down the hall. I don't even know where his office is in relationship to the secretary. Right know. next door. Right oh, next door. Hey. <laughs> Joining us today, Nathan Hawk, CFO for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Nathan, welcome to the Coffee Hour. Thanks. It's good to be here. We finally get to introduce you. You've been here for, what, a year now? No, no. Five months Five and a half months. Five yeah. and a half months that feels like a year. So, um, <laughs> Tell me about it. Doing a great job. <laughs> I don't want to get the math wrong on that. <laughs> so tell us about your path that, that led to you serving as CFO for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Sure. So I'll, I'll take you way back. It all started in the fourth grade. I say that a little bit tongue in cheek. <laughs> However, you know those school books that parents fill out where it's, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. Fourth grade, accountant entered the picture no way. And, and didn't leave until my first accounting class in college where I said, eh, that's not what I want to do. But I was sort of already into it at that point and, and realized there were other things I could do. So then I, I, I continued and got my CPA and, and all that kind of stuff and, and started with a company called Emerson right out of undergrad. And I spent the last 13 years with them in a variety of finance-oriented roles, both on the audit side, learning about sort of technical accounting, and then on the finance side, working with financial planning, working with forecasting, budgeting, understanding those kind of things at a, across a variety of levels of that organization, which is a you know $15 billion manufacturing company. So learning a little bit about the difference in scale between that and a 60 to $70 million budget now. But that's, I, I guess, the quick answer. So I'm glad there are people like you in the world who love this kind of stuff. That's right. I'm <laughs> fully into it. So. That is fantastic. I love it when people love what they do. Like that is just, that is fantastic. Especially the things that I really don't like, because I, I just have a whole lot of respect for you and, <laughs> and, and just your love of, of doing these types of things. It's, it's so great. Yes. I, I live for numbers. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so is this is a, a, a technical question is the CFO of the Synod appointed or elected how do, how does this work boy uh, appointed by the board now prior to 2010 I went back and looked because I thought that once upon a time it was an elected position and I was right hmm. up until the 2010 convention it was elected by convention and then with all the bylaw changes that happened in 2010, one of the things that they changed was the the CFO slash treasurer position went from being elected by convention to appointed by the board. So hmm. appointed now, as I was, but not always. Huh. History, that? history lesson. That's a fun little uh, trivia fact right oh, there right. for all you LCMS trivia people. Ooh, <laughs> add that to trivia night. Yes. <laughs> So what is most, you know, five and a half months into this, so you know everything about it now, about being CFO, what's most challenging about the duties of the CFO of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod? That's a really just fun, long title and intimidating. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's only part of it because really it's, you know, treasurer and CFO. Oh, of the my Church apologies. I will correct so. that. No. <laughs> you know, so there's sort of, a, in my opinion, a twofold answer to this. One, coming from where I came from. Um, 
shifting from an environment where we sort of know what revenue is going to be based on what customers have ordered and, mm-hmm. and we have a lead time. And so we can say, because our orders were this, we know revenue is going to be this and we can plan around that. Here it's very much what the Lord provides to us through his people is what we will have to work with. And we have to plan our expenses around that and hope mm-hmm. that we're in the ballpark of being close enough that we can sort of flex as necessary. And I say that sort of specific, I guess, to the the LCMS Inc. aspect of the job, because then the, the broader perspective is that, you know, synod in convention type of purview where, you know, my job responsibilities extend beyond these four walls and, and really act as the treasurer, you know, in charge of financial matters for the entirety of synod and that's where then the other sort of challenge comes in is all of those i have really no direct control over it's just my job to sort of try to influence and help understand and and do my best to make sure that financial matters across the synod have been sort of considered more broadly so you know thinking about the schools or the other entities or things of that nature i don't have any direct control over those but you know, they sort of fall under that, what's the health of the LCMS, financially speaking. Mm-hmm. So that's challenging. Yeah. What are some things that you've learned over the last few months that maybe you weren't expecting to, to have to learn or, or like new exciting <clears throat> things that, that now you know how to do? <laughs> Something that's new, I don't know if I would call it exciting. Not-for-profit accounting is, oh. or or, you know, I don't know much of the details of the accounting and actually, you know, sort of debits and credits, as you may have heard, that sort of works the same. You have to have a balanced journal entry with everything, but, you know, how things are reported and how you think about where you get funds from and stuff like that is, mm-hmm. you know, in, in most undergrad and even graduate courses in accounting, it's a chapter in <sighs> in one or two courses. And then here it's like living it every it's day. And, yeah. and those nuances are occasionally very challenging to understand what it is I'm actually talking about. So mm-hmm. I, I have Ross help me a lot these days still with Ross. I don't, Ross being, sorry, I don't know if the listeners know the, my sort of chief accountant, <laughs> Ross, I don't understand what it is that I'm doing here. So please help me because <laughs> he's been here a lot longer than I have and knows a lot more. So, and, and that's just something about you know, the, the connection between generations and passing the, the torch yeah. in a sense here at the International Center. Sure. Having the chance to work alongside Ross, who's been serving the Synod for a long time as yeah. director of accounting. Mm-hmm. What are some other things you're learning from Ross in this process <laughs> <laughs> that you can share? I, I was going to say, I learned plenty from Ross. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. I mean, how how to get things done in in this environment? You know, as I mentioned, one of the challenges being the sort of cross cross borders mm-hmm. issues that happen in the synod, and and that you know, occasionally the wheels aren't as as well greased as you might think they are from the outside. So, working with other entities and working with other departments and understanding, okay, who. Who does what and, and who can help with what? You know, learning my way around this building is a big one. Thinking about finance as a, trying to think of the right way to phrase it, sort of a a contributor to the mission oh, yeah. as opposed to sort of the the end result. You know, that's in, in the public 
company environment, you know, obviously we're, I was in a manufacturing company, so the products drove the business, but those products had to result in financial success, you know, meaning larger profits, higher sales, all those kind of things. Here, the, 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 the definition of financial success, I think, is sort of stewarding the resources that have been given to us in, in, in the best way possible to serve the church. And so there's a different set of outcomes that we're managing towards that, you know, Ross, again, with his experience, not only long in the synod, but also having been in the field way back, sort of gets inherently versus for me, it's a little bit more of a learning process. Having a, a, a career, a successful career in the, the commercial realm, why did you accept the appointment from the board of directors to come serve as chief financial treasurer, excuse me, <laughs> treasurer and chief financial officer for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod? Sure. Sometimes I ask myself the same question <laughs> every morning when I get out of bed. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, you know, I, I think it is that last point that I was making, um, you know, it was something that was attractive to me, which is the the opportunity to focus on something outside of profits and the opportunity to use the gifts that I've been given and, you know, the desires, as we mentioned, going back to fourth grade, wanting to sort of do this, you know, to help with the furtherance of the gospel. You know, I I certainly understand that we as accountants are not preaching the gospel when we put together financial reports, but but by, you know, stewarding the funds that were given, we're enabling this broader organization and this broader church to do that. And, and so, you know, it's, I would say, a lot like what, what other millennials are, are doing these days, which is changing what it is, how it is that they define success, you know, with my focus being a little bit less maybe on ESG topics and a little bit more on, you know, furtherance of the church. So Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, a privilege, I guess, a humbling experience yeah. to be able to serve the church in, in ways in quote unquote church work, maybe not even quote unquote, but in, in a way that you can serve the church with talents even beyond just being a, a pastor or a teacher or somebody that's that's in the congregation. It's it's a really cool thing to be able to do this. Right. You know, because again, it's not something I would have ever considered and, and I never considered myself again, fourth grade accountant. <laughs> my brother's a pastor, my father's a Lutheran high school teacher who was, he's retired now. Both my grandfathers were, but that was not my calling. And so to then sort of realize that there's an opportunity to live some aspect of that calling, even with what I'm actually called to do, which is numbers, was, yeah. was pretty cool. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think it's time for the lightning round. It is. All right. we run out of time. All right. We're going to just like ask you some of your favorite things. That sounds good. You ready? Yep. All right. Favorite cuisine. Tacos. Ooh. <laughs> Book. Magician by Raymond Feist, and then all of the following. I'm a, I'm a fantasy novel Ooh. kind of guy. So, yeah. Very cool. Let's see. Favorite movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know the answer to that one either. <laughs> Next question. The Lion King. Oh, yeah. okay. Ice cream, or if you're not an ice cream fan, dessert. It's definitely ice cream, <laughs> salted caramel. Ah, that's a good one. All right, favorite vacation destination. Uh, I would say I'll, I'll answer it with a little bit of a, you know, a cheat. Well, I guess Hawaii 
we went there for our honeymoon. And oh. As I tell everyone, it's not overrated. Oh. You hear great things about that place. They're all true. All right. Good to know. <laughs> all right. I stole this one from Sarah, but it's one of my favorites. Favorite office supply. Yeah. And, and so interestingly, I, I brought it along. It just so <laughs> happens. It's the Energel Pentel Pen. There is no pen that writes better. We have never had that specific that of an answer. Specific. This is the one. That is amazing. You can't do better than this. I think we should just buy those for everyone in the You need the needle tip, 0.5, <laughs> because they also come in the 0.7, and those aren't as good. I love it when people love what they I mean, do. I like I like this the Pilot G2 gel pens, mm-hmm. but not apparently not as nice Pentel as this Energel. Pentel Energel. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And they also are just a much nicer, nicer writing experience. This is amazing. <laughs> that was very specific. <laughs> That's Most so people specific. like paper clips. That's what it takes to be a CFO again. Specificity <laughs> and <Yes>. detail. <laughs> as my old boss would say, fastidiousness. Ah, okay. <laughs> I'm going to throw a random one at you. Oh, and boy. This may be unfair because you're a fan of numbers. Do you have a favorite number? No. <laughs> I don't. Just thought I'd ask you. They're all equally wonderful. <laughs> all right, I've sat near you in chapel, so I have to ask this one because I've heard you sing. Do you mm-hmm. have a favorite hymn? Yes. My song is Love Unknown. Oh, Amen. That's my favorite. That was fun lightning round. With the new CFO <laughs> of the Lutheran Church, Missouri, Cindy Nathan Hawk, thanks so much for joining us today on the Coffee Hour. Thank you. A pleasure. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golson. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.